Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the second article of the Apostles' Creed by taking a look at Isaiah chapter 53. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. All is normal in the world, and I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have today with me. Uh, I'm the not normal part of the podcast. I'm Pastor Jason Goodham. Abnormal. Yeah. Then what am well, I? There's, 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 I? I can't call myself yeah. abnormal because yeah. I have I'm, no abs. I'm, I'm the third wheel hot mess, Pastor Brian Ritchie. <laughs> you're the to, to quote to quote uh, Galaxy Quest, one of my favorite comedies of all time. Mm. You're the plucky comic relief. <laughs> wow, I, I love that movie oh, so much. Great. Parody of Star Trek. Yeah, mm. great. Not good. Good. So now today we get the privilege of seeing the second article of the Creed. In the Old Testament, yeah. yeah. Yep. Remember, we're constantly demonstrating that the content of the Lutheran Confession mm-hmm. is drawn directly out of Scripture. We have a vested interest in doing that, you know, kind of uh, answering that old criticism, well, why not just study the Bible instead of study the confessions <laughs> kind of a thing. So, hey, guess what? We're going to study the Bible and we're sure. going to demonstrate that what Luther was writing in the catechisms and then in the other you know, documents mm-hmm. of the uh, Book of Concord comes right from Scripture. And uh, we had the good privilege today of looking specifically at what might be uh, mm-hmm. the most, if not, you know, one of the most important chapters in all of Scripture from mm-hmm. the Old Testament, at least. Of a prophecy of yeah, Christ. prophecy of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you have the historical reality of redemption in the crucifixion accounts, the passion accounts mm-hmm. of the four Gospels. We can't you know, we're not going to throw shade <laughs> at those, but when it comes to discussing both the historical reality of what happened with Jesus and the theological significance, mm-hmm. all packed in the 12 verses, it doesn't get better than Isaiah 53. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's the heart of the Old Testament's proclamation of redemption. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, I think I'm going to go ahead and read Isaiah 53 for us in my best radio voice that I can. Um, (laughs) Isaiah 53, who has believed what he has heard from us and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and we, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked." And with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He was 
He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and he and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Mm-hmm. This is Isaiah great. 53. You know, I feel like we should just end the episode right there. Right? Yeah, you right. How are you going to yeah, build on right. that? It's so yeah, good. It's right. so concise. It's so, so much straightforward. To... Yeah. The, the, again, when we come with this, the imagery from all of the rest of Scripture just starts flooding my mind. And we see, you know, prophecies linked to this. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the historical account of Jesus' passion mm-hmm. is in mind as this is happening. Yeah. Uh, you've got Psalm 23 say, imported Psalm. directly into yeah. verse 6. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what can you say uh, about perfection? Mm-hmm. I think the those that love the Old Testament maybe gravitate toward a chapter like this mm-hmm. where they they see such a great summary of the life of Christ and, and his death and resurrection. I've I've but, taken a couple classes on Isaiah for my uh, for my demon program and demon yeah. demon program right, right? not yeah, demon, demon program min, doctor of ministry <laughs> I just I, I don't want to flaunt it it's not the intention but uh, the, doctor the, Gidham yeah no the prof who I took this from uh, Reed Lessing mm-hmm. author of the Isaiah commentaries yeah. in the Concordia commentary series calls this the uh, gospel according to Isaiah mm-hmm. yeah. is the book of Isaiah. And I mean, you, you've got probably some of the best poetry mm-hmm. ever written. Well, obviously it's inspired by the Holy spirit, but you've got beautiful poetry with theological significance and it's, mm-hmm. it's really great. What I find amazing is it's kind of a summary of Romans chapter one through 11. Yeah. You know, it really is. I mean, it talks about substitution. It talks about, mm-hmm. um, uh, the imputing of Christ's righteousness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's his righteousness that will that will make us whole by his stripes we are healed. And just he will make many to be accounted righteous, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and I don't know if I should even say this, but it's interesting how, uh, is it the Jewish people that view this as the suffering servant no. They, I mean, I mean, they don't see Christ in this. But. They see the nation of Israel mm-hmm. as the suffering servant. And now there's some credence to that because Isaiah 40, the first servant, the first of the servant songs initially is the nation of Israel. But then if you read through Isaiah 40, it's very clear that the servant fails. Mm-hmm. The servant doesn't do what the Lord wants the yep. servant to do. And so then they need a substitute servant. And that's what specifically the other three servant songs are all about, that Jesus steps in uh, for the nation of Israel, which has all sorts of theological implications from Romans, especially Romans 9, 10, and 11. But also Jesus steps into our shoes. It's, yes, Israel was intended to be the children of God. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, the people of God, that's what they're called. But each of us as Christians are called to be children of God. And what we have in Christ then fulfilled for us is the ideal 
child of God. So you have the ideal nation of Israel, yes. You have the ideal individual son of God who also is directly big S son of God. Well, and that's kind of the object lesson of First and Second Samuel versus Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles is that in humanity, we will always fail mm-hmm. as they rejected God as their king and like, give us a king, give us a king. Mm-hmm. Do you realize what you're doing here? You know, Samuel warned the nation of Israel. It's like, okay, so you want to be the servant and you want to move from a theocracy now to you know, a human kingdom on a sinful planet, you know, okay, I'll give you a 400 year object lesson of basically humanity Mm -hmm. failing over and over and over and over and over and over again. This king did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. (laughs) And that's the object lesson of all of the kings. Well, and even in the midst of that, King David, whom is patterned after the the Messiah, Mm -hmm. the the kingship of the Messiah, uh, who is called by God himself, a man after my own heart, uh, he's an adulterer mm-hmm. and a murderer and a political grandstander. And a bad That's, dad. <laughs> and a bad dad. I mean, all of those wrapped up into one. And, and, and then the gospel must be about forgiveness. It must be about imputation. It must be about exactly. uh, you know substitution. Because if it's not, we're all doomed. It, it, there is no possible way, even if all we had is Isaiah 53, and we praise God we don't, but mm-hmm. even if all we had is Isaiah 53, there is no possible way for salvation to be from a religion of works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. cannot happen that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we had to see it. I mean, because if, if you think about it, God is so gracious and he's given us his holy word because I think there's part of us that kind of feels we can do it. I think I, I do catch myself from time to time saying, no, this is... This is Christ's righteousness at work in me. This is this. This is this. Isn't I'm not bringing anything to the table that's pleasing to God. That that makes Christ glorified in my life. It's the righteousness of Christ at work within mm-hmm. me through the power of the Holy Spirit. But yet here we probably always think that we have something. We kind of we we no. think we have something to bring to the table. But that's the whole point of the history of Israel of how king after king after king after king absolutely mm-hmm. failed. And even his greatest prophets weren't perfect. And it's so it's so interesting mm-hmm. that we don't see that enough and we don't even see ourselves in the failure of these Old Testament prophets, these Old Testament characters, and these Old Testament kings. And that's the object lesson. If we look at it from an airplane point of view, it had to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. It had to be Jesus. And we're always... To your point, we're always trying to contribute something to our salvation because yeah, we're so yeah, addicted to right. ourselves. We, yep. you know, it starts off in American Christianity with the decision is that we're going to present you with the necessary information, but you're the one who has to choose to believe this. No, because faith, the the ability to receive the gifts of the gospel, is itself a gift from God, something that He creates mm-hmm. in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, Isaiah fifty three. Uh, addresses that Mm -hmm. specifically. Verse 11 says, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. Mm -hmm. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted Mm -hmm. righteous. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. that this is is something that is placed upon us by the grace and mercy of God because of Jesus Christ. It's, we don't, Jesus doesn't do 99.99% of the work and we do 0.01% of the work. It's all him. It's divine monergism. And, mm-hmm. and it's specifically spoken of here yes, in, in Isaiah word. 53. Yeah. Like work there's your theological yeah. nugget of the day. I remember in, in college I, I was 
coming to know under, understand that word and there is I, this website probably still exists but monergism.com yeah. and i just got sucked into the rabbit hole of looking <laughs> into that yeah but, it's a great concept but mm-hmm. it's i mean i you know I, I think we should start looking at the individual verses of this yeah, as was, we talk about that's, it that's we're speaking I, about in generalities yeah. but let's you know kind of point guard brett here why don't you yeah. walk us through it a little bit well you know i I don't, I, you should probably start right at the beginning, but I, I'm gravitating towards verse four and maybe this is my, you know, biblical counseling kind of, uh, I have my, uh, my antenna up on this, but thinking about Christ, surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Um, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. Um, thinking of all the things that Christ took upon himself there, um, and then verse five, he was pierced for our transgressions, you know, crushed for our iniquities. Um, what do we bring the, to the table? We bring our transgressions, our iniquities. We bring verse yeah. three to the table. Yeah. That the, the, the transition from verse three to verse four and five mm-hmm. is, I don't have another word. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Verse three, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief mm-hmm. as one from whom men hide their faces. He is despised. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Yeah. It's, it's not that we're indifferent about Jesus is that mm-hmm. we're actively rejecting Jesus. And part of this, you know, a, a little bit lightheartedly, we can get rid of macho Jesus with this, you know, the, <laughs> the Jesus hanging from the cross with the ripped biceps and the six pack abs. He, he, yeah, the Lord's gym, Jesus <laughs> doing the push up with the cross on his back, stuff like that. That That's not in play here because he, he, he was not by human standards significant right. in any sense of the thing, but he was also actively rejected. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why it's so important from to, to bring the catechism back into the picture that the Ten Commandments are placed in front of the creed, is mm-hmm. we need to be confronted with the fact of verse 3 that we are actively rejecting God, that we are actively refusing to be his children. And his response to that mm-hmm. is not lightning bolts from heaven. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's this, this humble, meek, mild man who is rejected by us simultaneously takes the wrath of God mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And that is That word it's pierced stunning. in verse 5. He yeah. was pierced for our transgressions, crushed. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great. And then you wrap it up with verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Uh, we have turned each one to his own way. That's the picture of sin missing the mark. It's the picture of the idolatry of sin that we walk in our own ways. To do uh, what's the end of the book of Judges, or is it the book Every, of everyone, everyone did? did what, was what was right in his yep. own eyes? That's Judges, right? Everyone yeah, did. Yeah, it was twice. Yep. It's yeah. kind of bookends. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone did because what, we did not have a king. You know, we're talking about that earthly king. That and that's mm-hmm. yeah. They did what was right. Yeah, That's what verse 6 is saying. We each do what is right in our own eyes. And God's response is to take our sin, mm-hmm. the the, our the very thing that yep. makes us guilty, our iniquity, and he places it on Christ instead. I find it interesting also, you know, if you look at the original language in verse 3, grief could be translated sickness. Oh. Acquainted with our sickness, our mm-hmm. infection, the infection of sin, and the and the official yeah. term for that is concupiscence, mm-hmm. the 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 sin sickness that we're all infected with, yep. uh, where the Lutherans disagreed very from the outset with the Roman Catholics that our desire to sin mm-hmm. is itself sin, mm-hmm. that that we are bent towards sin 
and, and in being bent towards sin, that itself is sinful. Yeah. It's not just the things we do or the things we fail to do. It's it's our desire to do them. It's, you know, that, you know, I had friends in high school and college that I participated with all the time. You would say something like, let's go and do something stupid tonight. That sort of thing mm-hmm. as a picture of mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. That the desire to, to just be evil mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. think it's fun. The rebellion that exists within our heart. It's so funny. And and that's how I, I can't fathom believing in this holiness movement that that happens where they believe that, that you can stop sinning. I'm just like, how delusional do you have to be mm-hmm. to not see your own rebellion, even whether you're standing in a grocery line, mm-hmm. whether you're driving in on rush hour, who hasn't felt frustrated or irritated? So I just mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. Uh, we consider all of the redemption and how it's described here in chapter 53 mm-hmm. of Isaiah. The, the next verse that really jumps out to me is verse 10, that first line, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what what's really jumping out at me in this is how many times I myself or I have ministered as pastor to people who think that God is unwilling to save them because they're so sinful. Salvation might be for the person in the pew in front of me mm-hmm. or for that person over there, uh, but not for me. I am so wicked to the mm-hmm. core. I am so sinful. And no, the message is it's God's good and gracious will to crush the son. And it even talks about, in a sense, I mean, it really alludes to the predetermined plan of salvation that was mm-hmm. put in place before the foundation and, of the world. And that is, to you know, to compare ourselves with our, our Calvinist cousins, that's the doctrine of election in the Lutheran Church is nothing but the gospel, is that for, for grace and for the sake of God's good and gracious will, he mm-hmm. has elected us to salvation. Mm-hmm. He has uh, caused us to believe yep. the gospel, caused us to hear it and believe. And it's amazing. And then you get uh, the therefore, you know, what's the the line from seminary? What's the therefore, therefore in chapter 12? Uh, The therefore, uh, with the closing phrase, he bore the sins of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, The whole picture speaking of, you know, again, I'm not a Hebrew expert here, but it comes into English at the end of chapter 12 there is past tense. Mm-hmm. That even in the Old Testament, God is talking about our redemption as if it's a done deal. Yeah. And that's good news for the Christian life too, because even though, yes, we have the historicity of the cross 2,000 years ago, the event was completed, we don't see the full side of redemption uh, until you know, we die or mm-hmm. translated into eternity or until Jesus comes back mm-hmm. and God still treats it as if it's a done deal because it mm-hmm. is a done deal. So we have that already but not yet aspect to our faith. And that we see that all through Isaiah. Um, we see this prophetic perfect that because the promise of God was so certain, and we think about this kind of like linearly, and we I don't think we should. I, we have to think about it in the concrete word of God. When God mm-hmm. says it is so or it will be done, it's like it is done. It's like it already happened. Wow. Yeah, right. It's because God is good at what he does. And he, and he keeps his promises. Mm-hmm. Man. You know, and maybe one last thing to pull out, because Brian, in the in the two-part episode on the catechisms on this, you were very uh, consistent in identifying redemption with the image of adoption. Mm-hmm. And and again, going back to verse 10, you said, he shall see his offspring. 
he shall prolong his days. Yeah. The Lord will the Lord prosper his end. This, this idea of offspring mm-hmm. in Christ, we are adopted into the family yeah, of God. Right. We're made the people children of God. Of God. The people mm-hmm. of God, a, a kingdom and priests mm-hmm. to God, as mm-hmm. Peter describes it. Well, even mm-hmm. dividing the spoil, the, the talk about yeah. the inheritance that's given, all things are given over to yeah, Christ, and right. dividing that spoil with those who have been imputed with that servant's righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, ah, good yeah, stuff. How beautiful. Anything else you want to point out, Brett, before we turn it over to Brian's quoting scripture? <laughs> Uh, I think it's been said here. I think there's, and to really <laughs> get into too much more would be to. Well, yeah, it's it, been it keeps, said, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, right. I it, mean, it's, it's, it's a weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, go ahead, Brian. Um, one of my favorite chapters in Isaiah is Isaiah 12 because it has that prophetic perfect. Please, listener, listen to the certainty of God's promise in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. hundreds of years before it actually happened, because God keeps His promise. Isaiah chapter 12, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Amen. Hi, and thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue and wrap up our discussion on the second article of the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great day.